0: Now, the thing is, if you want to make a business scalable, you can't be a jack of all trades. This is a mistake I see so many businesses making. They try to dabble at the high level on like a million different marketing channels, which is exactly what was happening. Now, all these marketing channels work. Some of them are more scalable and less scalable than others. And some of them get you a higher return on ad spend and a lower return on ad spend than ours. The most scalable one with the highest return on ad spend and lowest emission returns. overall, like balancing all those factors, in is definitely Google Ads by far. And so instead of trying to be a jack of all trades, we just, I recommend we cut off most of the other ones, and then focus primarily on digital. Because like, I mean, if you're doing texting and cold calling, like you, it's kind of like the necessary evil when you're first getting started, because you have tons of time, you have no money, you can't afford to run Google or Facebook ads. So you kind of have to like just pound the phone and suck it up until you get you get money, and then now you start trading money. Mike check. I'm good. Mike check. Mike check. You can read about success all day long, but if you don't put in the work, the mindset, execution, and the hustle behind your vision, it just remains a dream. When everything goes wrong, you have to take all the
1: responsibility.
0: We uncover what high-level entrepreneurs, business owners do to rise up from hustling daily. So do what you feel passionate about. Take chances. The world
1: becomes your library
0: to help you to become better at your
1: craft. Join me as I share with you actionable tips to help you grow your business, learn, skills and help you level up in your self-development journey. Your number one spot for business and personal
0: growth is The Online Hustlers Podcast with your host, Esteban Andrade.
1: What's going on, everyone? We have here another episode of The Online Hustlers Podcast. And in this episode, we're going to be covering everything REI, marketing, and conversion. And we have a very special and exciting guest here that uh, really have done a quite quite a shift in the few in the last in the last year actually in the real estate investing and wholesaling world. And let me explain to you, uh, Robert, who owns Investor Lift, actually have really dove into he really dove into a problem that a lot of people, all of you have. A lot of you uh, probably haven't started this business, about to start or maybe you are just starting out and have realized that this position, moving the properties and actually finding the buyers is one of the most important things in this process. Of course, you got to acquire properties. You got to be able to find the leads and find those off-market deals, but moving those properties is what makes the money. All right. Because you don't have a buyer, then you don't, you don't make money. You don't make the sign and fee so Robert here has actually drilled down this problem and actually has created a system and technology for this. And we're going to actually dive into this, how you can actually take your wholesaling business, doesn't matter where you are right now, and take it to other levels by just fixing this position. So right here, I have Robert. I'm so excited. So, hey, man, I'm so excited to have you here. Thanks for and, having me on, brother. Uh, really. Let's actually show and uh, and actually showcase... Uh, who are you and what kind of impact or things you have done because a lot of people here might not know exactly what uh, what you have done for for us uh for wholesalers for real estate investors and for my members too uh, but some people they do so i want to make sure that you here come in here and and just tell us exactly what are the things that you've been working in a few months and a few years and exactly where you are right now with that
0: yeah, good question. So thanks for the great answer, by the way. You make me sound sound a lot better than I actually really am. But uh, uh, super pumped to be on here and hopefully drop some bombs, drop some uh, new game-changing things that we've been working on, and give you guys all some insights on how you can take your game to the next level of cuts. Um, what Esteban said is 100% right. Like You can do all the work on marketing, have the best PPC, the best Facebook, be crushing it. Bringing in all these leads, have the best sales people in the world, just locking down those contracts. But at the end of the game, unless you can sell that deal, unless you nail down dispo, you don't get paid. All that work you did, all that money you spent, is completely wasted. So that's really been the problem space um, that I've been working on uh, for the past few years, and why I went and started uh, Investor Lift. Um, going back a little bit, like so. I started off, um, I remember when I was growing up, my friend's dad had like a Ferrari and a Lambo and like Rolex watch. And like when Nissan GTR came out, like the new one, he was like the first one in Canada to have it. And I'm like, man, I want to have Ferraris and Lambos when I grow up. Like, what do you do? He's like, I'm an investment banker. I'm like, how do we become an investment banker? He's like, go study finance and economics at a really good university and go work on Wall Street. I'm like, okay, where should I go to school? He's like, Harvard would be the best option. Okay. So that's literally what I worked on for like the first few years of my life. It's like, I want to become an investment banker so I can have a Ferrari. And I did my undergrad at Harvard, is directed in finance and economics. And I remember um, like right before graduation, I'm sitting in my dorm and I'm thinking, like, man, I really don't
1: like finance. <laughs> I'm graduating like two weeks. <laughs> but again, I gotta give you something. Not everyone actually gets to go to Harvard. Not everyone actually gets to graduate and do well, and or even just sustain, you know, just get get to that university. Yeah. So probably some people though.
0: It's not worth the student debt uh, in most cases, unless you want to be a doctor or something. Just learn how to sell. Uh, I would have been much better off if I just learned how to sell because most of the stuff I learned in school, um, I never really apply that much. Uh, pretty much, I'm just kind of like self-taught afterwards. Um, but it was a fun party for four years, <laughs> expensive one, but fun. But I, I remember thinking about like finance, and if you if you guys follow stocks, like I'm sure probably people watching this invest, you know, on like Robinhood or buy and sell some crypto and things like that. Um, you, if you've done any of that, you know about like the buy sell spread. Well, back in the day, the buy sell spread used to be in the dollars, right? But as the financial markets became more disrupted with uh, data and technology it's gone down to like the like thousandths of a penny. Like those markets became really, really efficient. So I'm like, why would I go start off my career in an industry that has already been disrupted by data and technology? People already did it in the 1990s and the 2000s. Like the average wealth manager out there, an algorithm can do their job a lot better. They won't tell you that, but that's the truth. So that was option number one. Or option number two, I was thinking a better long-term strategy would be to go get into an industry that hasn't been disrupted by data and technology yet. And I was looking at real estate and this was back in uh, 2015. It's before Open Door, before all of that, for all the buyers. I'm like, man, real estate is just so behind the wave with technology and data. So archaic how they're doing everything. Well, let me go learn how to do that, okay? So of course my like, everyone's like freaking out. Like Robert, like, turn down all your like good finance jobs to go become a house lover? Like, are you crazy? Like you don't even need a degree for that. But I'm like, don't worry, it's, it's gonna work out. Um, so uh got into the house flipping space uh joined a company called Express on Myers, based in the dc area and i remember the first summer we were like we were like crushing it we were doing like 50 60 flips at a time thought we we're gonna be making all this money but like all the money we thought we we're gonna make on these deals we ended up losing in construction oh. okay flipping doesn't scale you can do one or two and keep them on budget on track but if you're doing 50 60 at a time uh it doesn't scale uh, so then I discovered wholesaling. I'm like, this is such a better model. Why not just do this? And you know, I remember the CEO and the other founder at the time, they are like, you, you'd be leaving half the money on the table. Like, why would we do that? I'm like, yeah, but your cash conversion cycles would shrink. Like, well, we'd never be able to sell all the deals. There's not enough buyers. I'm like, well, trust me, I'll find buyers for these things if they're priced right. The market will always find a buyer. Um, so they're didn't really have much of a choice. So we just switched the whole company over to wholesaling and, um, you know, within a few months, we were doing million dollar months, and um, doing it with a very small team. So I think we're probably the first people in the country to do that. And um, that's amazing.
1: And then we hey, ran so, into
0: the dispo problems. We can dive into that.
1: So, so you actually went inside a. You actually worked on the field by being part of this. Uh, it was a flipping company that you actually helped them understand the finances and the scalability of. Because you use basically what you have learned in Harvard in a sense. Yeah, yeah. in a way, I did.
0: Like, in I knew there was sense. only two metrics that mattered. Number one, what is your return on ad spend for every dollar you plug in? How many dollars are you getting back? And number two was your cash conversion cycle. When you spend a dollar, how many days does it take you to get back that money? Now, the problem with flips is your cash conversion cycle gets stretched out way too far. Okay. Now, if you can shrink in that, like bring it down from six, eight months down to like 60, 90 days, then and, and then get a really high return on ad spend. Let's say you're getting $10 back for every dollar you plug in. I can plug in $10,000, turn it into $100,000 in 60 to 90 days. Like There's not a hedge fund in the planet that taxes their money that fast. It's the most beautiful business model in America today. And, and then you go shave off 30, plug in 30, go to 300 on the next cash conversion cycle. Then shave off 50, plug 50 and go to 500. Then shave off 100, plug 100 in, go to a million. And so four cash conversion cycles is all it takes to take... $10,000 and turn it into a million dollars
1: a month. Yeah. And, and so you were able to help them shift to this business model to really see them. Uh, you mentioned that th- there was ad spend involved. So at the beginning, when you got into this company, they were, I'm assuming they were running advertising. What type of advertising were they running?
0: We were doing everything because it was one of those things where like nothing was really being tracked that well. I mean, they had like call real phone numbers set up, but like nothing was really being analyzed or anything. So they were doing radio, they were doing television, uh, I think even newspapers at one point, bandit signs, uh, car deck um, tons of direct mail. We we're doing up to, I think at our peak, we we're doing quarter million direct mail pieces a month. And then of course, uh, Facebook ads and Google ads. Okay. So the works, literally you name it, we were doing it. Now, the thing is, if you want to make a business scalable, you can't be a jack of all trades. This is a mistake I see so many businesses making. They try to dabble at the high level on like a million different marketing channels, which is exactly what was happening. Now, all these marketing channels work. Some of them are more scalable and less scalable than others. And some of them get you a higher return on ad spend and a lower return on ad spend than ours. The most scalable one with the highest return on ad spend and lowest commission returns. overall, like balancing all those factors, then is definitely Google Ads by far. And so instead of trying to be a jack of all trades, we just, I recommend we cut off most of the other ones, and then focus primarily on digital. Because like, I mean, if you're doing texting and cold calling, like you, it's kind of like the necessary evil when you're first getting started, because you have tons of time, you have no money, you can't afford to run Google or Facebook ads. So you kind of have to like just pound the phone and suck it up until you get you get money, and then now you start trading money instead of trading your time. But with, uh, if you let's say you're doing 500 leads a month, texting and calling. If you wanted to double to a thousand leads a month, well, you have to you have to buy twice as much data, skip trace twice as much data, uh, hire twice as many people, train twice as many people, manage twice as many people. Like that's really hard to do. Like earlier today, I was on a call with a team, and they had like seven cold callers. And they're doing like a hundred thousand to one hundred fifty thousand a month, which is like okay. It's not great. It's like you know, you're just kind of proving your model up. And they want to go to a million a month. I'm like, well, you would need. um, actually they had eight. So I'm like, so if you wanted ten x, you would need more than ten x. Is mean you'd need at least hundred cold callers. So do you envision yourself building a call center with a hundred cold callers in the next year? Yeah. Uh, hell no. Okay. <laughs> So you need to start learning Google ads and getting digital rolling.
1: And the, the beautiful thing about this, whenever whenever you actually say that it's one of the most scalable model, is that, for example, in, my, in our experience as an agency, we, we actually see whenever you put more ad spend in Facebook ads, it could shed the bed. It actually just could just explode. The campaigns just go go bad. And you have to gradually do it. Still, the algorithm could go bad. And for people that don't know what I'm listening to, it's like Facebook ads is like you're spreading a, a you're, you're having a, a nozzle uh, uh, just going hard into whatever it is that you want to target. Let's say you're targeting the county, a county, Orange County, and yeah. uh, Orange County is what you want or the, whole, and the entire state, let's say, of uh, Florida, and you want to put more budget into it. This nozzle will 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 not expand at, at the same rate as the water flows. It's not going to go at, it's not going to expand at the same rate and it could yeah. potentially start leaking. So that leak is is what is called the I want to say the, the mission returns yeah, exactly. and it's gonna creep up. Uh, but Google, what the beautiful thing about Google is because it's a it's more it, it, it it's more of a intent based uh, marketing hundred percent. So, People yeah. have the intention to come to the to the to the place, all right, to this Google search. And well, you're basically buying real estate online in in, in Google. You're basically telling Google, I want to be placed in your search bar, in your on your first page, uh, so that I can show what I can do for my clients. And what Google will give you. You know the placement. It will it will actually give you the placement if you're spending more. Well, there is a higher chance that you will win win that bit in being in the first. Um, and you can go up and down in in your ad spend as easy as as you know, as just clicking two buttons. So yeah. that's why it's so so easy to go up in and scale, let's say, from hundred dollars a day to three hundred dollars a day on Google Advertising. Because it actually, it, it, it the nozzle, it's it's a it's, it's actually a flexible nozzle. It's not like, yeah. not like Facebook that it's, it's actually just very very solid. So, yeah, hundred percent. Now
0: there is there is one issue you run into. This is what we ran into. Mm-hmm. So all all marketing channels have diminishing returns. Google has probably the least diminishing returns. You know, for each dollar we increase, are we getting the same? or Are we getting less than the last dollar? Um, so that's why it's really beautiful and it's very scalable. I don't need to hire a lot of employees. I just like, if I want to double my lead flow, I double my budget. Maybe throw a little bit extra on. Now the challenge is if you're based only at one market, so we started off, we were based just in the, the DMV area. So essentially DC or sorry, Northern Virginia, Southern Maryland in a market. There are only so many searches per month. So you can get to the point if you're just focused just on one market. Where you kind of max out a market. And like that market was maxed out probably in like the like 750,000 to like 1.5 million per month range, you know, um, of what like total assignment fees that would be possible based off the search terms. Um, We would test this. Like one of the tests we ran is we took our marketing budget on Google Ads and we just doubled it, straight up doubled it to see what kind of boost it would give us. And it only went up like, I don't know, like 20% of the lead flow. So we knew we were kind of like at the max there. So then we're thinking about it. We're like, okay, we want to keep on growing. So why don't we do this? Instead of doing just a million a month in one market, why don't we do five million a month in five markets? Okay, so let's go tack on five, four other, other markets and run and do the exact same thing in those other markets. And we tried that and we got absolutely slaughtered. <laughs> What do you mean? <laughs> so what's interesting is like, like uh, we had friends that were in these markets that were doing really well. But when we went in, we wouldn't do really well. Conversely, when they came into our market, we'd be doing really well at our market, but they do, like, what is this like foreign market thing that is really driving your performance of whether or not you can actually move deals? So I was thinking about it for the last few years and it really came down to, I think two primary factors. I mean, there's a few different things that impact it. There's too many two primary factors that really drove it. Number one is that we are mispricing stuff. So when you go and you go to these workshops, real estate guru workshops, you know, they teach you how to price and they say, you know, take the ARV, do seventy percent minus repairs. So we're just like playing it safe, doing seventy percent minus repairs, The seventy percent ARV across the board as we're moving to these markets. The problem is if you go do that in like LA nothing sells that cheap in LA. You're going to lose every single deal. Conversely, if you go to middle America and you try to do that in some areas of middle America, you'll be overpriced and you won't be able to, the buyers will be like, dude, man, we don't buy anything that high. Like we want 50 cents, 60 cents on the dog." So we're, we're number one, we're mispricing even within a city, like within a city, each pot, there's different pockets in the city that investors are expecting different discounts in. Yeah. Okay in a bad area, they were going to expect a much bigger discount than in like the suburbs, you know. So um, that was the first thing. Like in our home market, we understood all those pockets just intuitively, what stuff was going to go for um, just from doing hundreds and hundreds of deals. And then we went to these other markets, we're mispricing. So that was factor number one. Factor number two is we didn't know who had our money. Okay. Um, This is really important. If you want to make money, you got to figure out who's got your money and go find them and get get it from them. Okay. Yeah. Essentially dispo. Okay. So in our home market, we know who had money, who didn't have money, who was going to screw us over and try daisy chain our deal or circumvent us with the buyer. Like we knew how the good players were, the bad players. And if we wanted to move a deal, you know, we could get on the phone and move that deal the same day, sometimes within a few hours. Then we go, it's like Denver and like mobile Alabama. And we don't know anyone. We don't know who the big players are. We don't know who the bad players are. And, uh,
1: it just made disappointing deals really hard. Yeah. So one of the things that actually people do if if let's say they want to start going to another market or for for some reason they find a a seller that has a property yeah. in a market that for them is unknown. This has happened a lot. Yeah. Um, usually the best practices, the best I want to say best practices because mm-hmm. this is what's recommended. It makes sense. Um, is to make a lot of connection people on Facebook, Facebook groups, uh, try to, try to, try to do JV deals with other individuals that are there, uh, because they have buyers. And then, you know, in this side, continuously find your, your buyers, people that have your money, um, for that deal that you locked up (laughs) in that, in that, in that area that you're not really familiar to, uh, or, or potentially, Post it, post it in in Craigslist, uh, post it in in, Google, in Facebook yeah. Marketplace. Spray and all pray. This, Exactly, all this is spray and pay, pray, kind of. You can things. do it better though. So that's what exactly. we were doing.
0: That's what we were doing. We we're doing the spray and pray. So this is like up until now. This has been the only thing you could do. So up until now, you could go on like PropStream or Propelio, and they will give you a list of like cash cash buyers. Okay. Yeah.